0: The cart containing Ghent, Vippo, and several barrels of undrinkable wine from the spire rolled towards the Mateo estate. The tall stone wall rose up intimidatingly in front of them. They reached the gate after some minutes of travel down, winding through the valley. And over the gatehouse, the flag of the Matteo family was flying. It was a brilliant nugget of gold stitched onto a black hill against a green field. The gate itself was wider than it was tall, about 12 feet wide, 8 feet tall, with a gruesome-looking murder hole over the middle. It was standing open at this time, wide enough for two carts to pass, one going in, one coming out. Two guards stood, blocking each lane of traffic, looking bored, resting their hands on their pikes and their chins on their mailed hands. They could see Ghent and Vipo coming from a long way away. As they drew near, finally one of them said, Halt now and state your business here. Um, hello, said Ghent, hopping down from the wagon. Hi, very nice to meet you. Um, my uh, my uh, uh, partner and I are um, wine merchants from the Spire. Uh, We have heard that young Master Yanis here um, in this estate is uh, quite the connoisseur, and we have some uh, wines that we believe he would um, uh, enjoy sampling and, you know, perhaps purchasing um, if that struck his fancy. The guard looks skeptically at the wagon. Where is this wine of yours from? It's uh, uh, wine from the spire, said Ghent. Wine from the spire, the guard said. Even I don't drink wine from the spire. Ugh. That's right, another guard said from the back. Take the paint off a barn door. Well, I'll have you know, said Ghent, that this is a very fine vintage, and, you know, you shouldn't be uh making uh you know, or casting dispersions um on the palate uh of Yanis Mateo, your boss. That seems a little bit above your station he said, glaring as fiercely as he could at the two guards. Very well, Said the first guard, grinning but without any humor. You may enter, but uh, young Master Janus has a short temper and a, well, a strange imagination. If he's not amused by your little uh, wine sales pitch, I think it might be the worst for you. So, if you're sure you want to speak to him, we can show you the way. I, we, we absolutely want to speak to him. Said Gen. We are very sure that he will be interested in what we're selling, aren't we? He said, looking over at Vippo. Uh, yeah, said Vippo, yeah, totally. We're sure. I think. Welcome to Spire. A world built one story at a time. I am Aaron Goldbeck. Get and Vippo were led from the stables to the impressive front door of the manor house. This door stayed closed to them. They were led around the side of the house to a much smaller, less auspicious servant's entrance. This door opened. A servant was there, all done up in expensive-looking livery, and had the same coat of arms that was flying on the flag of House Mateo. A nugget of gold against a black hill against a green field. Uh, "'Yes,' said the footman. Um, so again, we're the wine merchants. We're here to speak to Master Yanis.' "'Yes,' said the servant. "'Right, this way.' They were led through a series of twisting, narrow corridors, bordering the kitchens and some storerooms, finally emptying out into a rather impressive hallway, this not nearly so utilitarian. This was covered in tapestries, there were stained glass windows, plants, and torches burning. It was quite lavish. They were led only a short way down this hallway and deposited... Into a small antechamber, lavishly appointed with a few sticks of furniture, chairs, couches, etc. Just as they were starting to formulate a plan to sneak out of this room and explore the house on their own, the door banged open. Yanis Mateos stood about five foot six. He had spun golden hair and blue eyes. He wore exquis- exquisite clothing over which he wore a completely unnecessary steel breastplate. At his sides hung two swords. Well, said Yanis, I hear you two have come to sell me some wine. Um, said Gan, uh, yeah, we, uh, yes, you're, uh, you're, you're ma- uh, uh, Master Mateo. Um, we, we, we're here from the spire, and we have, um, several vintages we, we, we think will interest you. "'So I've been told,' said Yanis, sizing them up with his eyes. "'Wine from the spire. "'Just what are you trying to put over on me?' said Yannis. "'Everybody knows that wine from the spire is for peasants and commoners. "'I wouldn't feed it to my horses.' Uh, "'Well, you, I'm, uh, you, uh, you're, you're Mateonis. "'I think you've, you've uh, maybe missed a few things about um, spire society and, "'and what the peers are doing.' Uh, this season, I, I know you've been away for for some small amount of time, um, but simply everyone's drinking wine from the Spire. Is this some sort of a joke, said Yanis? The peers are drinking this swill? Well, I, so I admit, said Ghent, as a wine merchant, I, I'd be the first to admit that um, Spire wine is a little bit, uh, you know, rougher in its palate. It, it doesn't uh, have that, um, you know... Uh, Refinement that wines from, say, Ramel have, but for that very reason, it is now highly fashionable. Um, Simply everyone is is drinking it this season, so uh, we thought that you would want to, um, you know, keep up with the times, even out here, so far away from society. Yes, don't remind me, said Yanis. Don't remind me how stuck I am out here. Well, he said... Perhaps there is something to what you're saying. So, let's try a little drink. How about we sample your wares before I make up my mind? Um, said so Gent. I. Yeah, of course. I was. Uh, my, yeah, absolutely. Yenna snapped his fingers, and another pair of liveried footmen rushed out of the door. They came back carrying one of the barrels of wine from Gent and Vippo's cart. Yannis went over to the barrel and rapped on it with his knuckles, and the two servants popped the lid off. "'After you,' said Yannis. "'I insist.' "'Uh, okay,' said Gent. "'Sure.' "'Uh, a sample,' said Gent. "'Uh, yeah, of course. I, I, with all of our clients, we insist.' Um, he was handed a goblet by one of the servants. "'Oh, for me? Oh, well, I couldn't possibly—' "'Well, if you insist, I suppose if you insist, I will.' He said, dipping the goblet into the barrel. The liquid on the barrel's surface was inky black, with a thin film on it. His goblet broke through the film, and he brought it back, brimming to his lips. He took a sip and tried not to grimace. Mm, uh, yeah, it's um, you know, it's this is this has a lot of character. Um, I, I think you'll you'll admit there's a certain uh, pepriness to it. Um, you know, uh, in the nose and, um, the bouquet is, is very, there's strong grape notes. Um, so you should please, uh, uh, master Mateo, please, please give it a try. The younger man looked at Gent and sneered and he dipped his own goblet into the wine. He took a sip and immediately spit it out, spraying Gent in the face. This is disgusting, he said, even by Spire standards. I don't know how you're trying to sell this squill. Is this some sort of a trick, a joke? Were you sent by one of the other houses? Uh, No, said Gent, spluttering. No, not, not, of course not. I bet you were. They're always jealous of me, of my estate, of my family's holdings, our wealth. Uh, You tell them this isn't funny. And if they want. if they want to make a fool of Yanis, well, they have another thing coming. Grab him! He said to his servants, gesturing towards Gent. "What? What? Me?" said Gent. "No, this is, this is a misunderstanding. I I don't." Uh, uh, two servants came up behind him and grabbed his arms. "Let's see if we can get you to change your tune a little bit," said Yanis. He gestured his head, pointing with his chin towards the inky black surface of the barrel. "What?" No," said Gent, before the servants plunged his face into the barrel of wine, forcing his head under the surface. He kicked and the wine bubbled and churned, spraying all over the floor. Now wait just a minute, said Vippo, jumping up, grabbing one of the guards by his collar and hurling him across the room. You get off of him. She pulled Gents' head back out of the barrel of wine. Gent spluttered and spit wine and threw up all over the floor. Vippo glared at Yanis. And Yanis laughed. "'Ah, you I like,' he said. "'You've got a little spirit. "'You two do not at all seem like wine salesmen. "'I don't know what you're trying to pull here, "'but it's not going to work.' "'He turned on his heel and walked out of the room. "'You'll be escorted off my estate. "'You're lucky that this is the most amusing thing "'that's happened to me in days. "'Otherwise, I'd have your head on pikes on my wall. "'Now, be gone before I change my mind.' And with that, he was off down the hallway. Gent struggled to catch his breath. Vippo had one arm under his shoulder, keeping him upright. A number of guards were closing in on the room. I think it's time for us to go, said Vippo and Gent's ear. Ghent was coughing up pink bubbly snot. I think you're right. <coughs> oh, yeah, I think we gotta go. The guards stared at Gent and Vippo. The door is this way, said one of them. All right, said Vippo, we're going. We're going. They were escorted out of the estate, Gent leaving a trail of inky dark wine behind him. A few hours later, Gent and Vippo found themselves huddled around their wagon, a small campfire going. They were one hill over from the Mateo estate they had gone a ways down the road until they were out of sight and pulled off, followed a stream bed until they were safely out of view of the road as well, and here they had set up camp. Ghent was still coughing up wine. Well, said Vippo, that sure didn't go well. <coughs> You're telling me, said Ghent, I told you that nobody would believe we were selling Spire wine. This stuff is like paint thinner. It's disgusting. <coughs> I it, tell you what, it doesn't taste any better going into your lungs than it does going down your throat, alright said Vippo, I said I was sorry already what are we going to do now, that was the whole the whole plan, you know was to get in there, um, and to smooth talk the guy uh, and to get the lay of the land, we we don't know anything, we're even worse off than when we started because now he knows who we are, he'll recognize us yeah, I've been thinking about that said Vippo and uh, here's what I got. We tried it your way with the scams and the sneaking and all that. Now we're going to try it my way. Well, I thought your way was also mostly scams and sneaking, said Gent. Well, yeah, it is, but it's better than your way because here's what we're going to do we're going to climb over that damn wall. We're going to knock out one of his guards. We're going to tie him up. We're going to take his uniform, uh, two of his guides. We're going to need, if we're going to take. Two uniforms, it's two guards we got to knock out. Fine, stop interrupting. We're going to knock out two guards, we're going to take two uniforms, and then we're going to have the run of the place. It'll be just like that temple full of cultists back in the Spire. Uh, Well, you know, that I guess has a certain um, simplicity to it, uh, except for the fact that they will know our faces, and they'll know that we're not guards who work for uh, Yanis, and then they'll kill us. Well, I don't think they're going to expect us to come back, and we'll just stay well away from everybody once we're inside. we just got to find the library, grab the book, and get out. Now, here's the thing. You think we didn't get any information out of that, but we got more than you think we got. What are you talking about, Gent? Well, for one, said Vippo, we know the library's not on the first floor. We saw most of the first floor when we were getting pushed around through those uh, corridors back by the kitchen, then we were led through that hallway. So we can be pretty sure it's not down there. So we're gonna have to get upstairs. Uh, so Gent, there's there's a lot of variables in this equation. I don't I don't really think this is uh, really gonna work. Well, said Vippo. Do you have a better idea besides going back to the provost with our tail between our legs? Well, I I guess I don't. Said Gent. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Fair enough. Uh, I I took my shot at it. We tried my plan. Um, we'll try your plan. We'll see what works. Get and Vippo made their way overland back towards the estate. They cut around the hill, approaching it from the other side, away from the road, away from the gate they'd gone in earlier that day. They approached the wall Still ten feet tall, still made of stone, but as they drew closer, they could see how old it was, how weathered. It was easy to find handholds, purchases, and they were able to clamber up. Once on the top of the wall, they tried to stay as low to the ground as possible. Ghent was following Vippo. She seemed to know what she was doing, crouching, crawling, scuttling. They moved along the top of the wall until finally they reached a set of stairs that went down to a courtyard. At the bottom of the stairs, there was two guards standing and talking. Vippo stopped suddenly. Ghent almost ran into her. She turned quickly. Vippo put her finger to her lips. Gent nodded. She pointed at him, and she pointed to the floor he was standing on. He nodded again. He wasn't going to go anywhere. Silently, stealthily, Vippo crept down the stairs towards the courtyard, right up behind the two guards. They hadn't heard her. They hadn't turned. With one quick motion, she opened her arms as if she was going to embrace the both of them, grabbed the sides of their heads, and smacked them together as hard as she possibly could. There was a dull but resounding thump, and the two guards crumpled. She motioned for Ghent to come down the stairs. He scrambled down as quickly as he could. They dragged the two guards under the shadow of the staircase behind the wall, and they removed their cloaks, their chest plates, their helmets and the spears that they were carrying. From a distance, without close inspection, Gent and Vippo could easily pass for guards at the Mateo estate. With these props now in hand, they made their way towards the house, avoiding the windows as best they could. Finally, they located a door that was open, just slightly ajar. There was odors wafting out, smells. They must be near the kitchen. It smelled like food. Vippo reached out with her left leg and pushed open the door with the toe of her boot. "'Light spilled out into the courtyard. "'She gestured for Gent with a jerk of her head towards the door, "'and they walked inside. "'There were, it appeared, eight guards in the room, "'all pointing crossbows or swords at the pair of them. "'Oh,' said Gent, dropping his spear and putting his hands over his head. "Uh "'Uh-oh.' "'Genis Mateo was standing behind them. "Uh "'Uh-oh, indeed,' said Genis. "'It appears you are captured.' Damn it, said Vippo, throwing her spear on the ground, raising her hands as well. How the hell did you, you do that? How would you know we were coming back? Ha, huh, said Yanis. I knew they were up to no good, that you were being sent by some other power or agency or something. And I also saw you from my bedroom sneaking over the wall. Really? said Vippo. You could see us? "'Yes, my chambers are directly above here. "'It was quite simple to watch you just climbing over the wall "'and knocking out my guards. "'You walked right into my trap. (laughs) "'Ha, ha, ha, ha! "'Damn it,' said Vippo. "'I really thought that was going to work. "'Now,' said Yanis, "'now that the two of you are my prisoners, "'you'll come with me.' "'The guards escorted them down another series of hallways. "'Tell me, who are you really, "'and what are you doing here at my family's estate?' um said gent well i mean since you ask vippo elbowed him viciously in the ribs don't tell him what said gent we don't get paid enough for this shit well, i guess you're right about that said vippo uh we work for the collegium said gent the collegium said Yanis. really uh yeah i'm a you know i'm a humorist and she's a um librarian said vippo yeah, uh, kind of. We're both kind of librarians, sort of. You know, uh, you left the Collegium with uh, certain books that the Provost uh, really would like returned. Ah, yes," said Yanis. "Ah, yes. He's been sending me letters on a rather regular basis. I've been deeply enjoying tearing them up and feeding them to my dogs." Uh, yeah, said Gent. well, it's been, yeah, it's fun, um, doing that, but, uh, if you could just give us those back, you know, we'll be out of your hair, like, tonight, like, immediately, right now. Well, said Yannis, that's all it is, huh, just a couple of old books? Tell you the truth, I didn't even really look at what I grabbed when I was on my way out of that dump. I just, uh, took what was lying around. Uh, no reason to hang on to them, right? Why Why not? Because if you don't, said Vippo, there'll be more of us. If you're getting any ideas about making us disappear, well, the provost's got two dozen more like us. We're just the, uh, we're the diplomatic wing, to be honest, she said, looking again. We're the nice ones. The next folks they send won't be so nice. You won't even know they're here until it's too late. You don't scare me, said Yanis. Well, we're not supposed to scare you. We're just supposed to get those books back. The next people who show up, they will be scary. Graduated humorous. They'll be able to turn your bones into jelly from, from the spire itself. They might not even need to come down here in person. They'll just turn the stones of your house into fire. Yanis looked at her and then back again. Well, when you put it that way, fine, you want your books? You can have them. They're this way. Follow me. He walked towards the back of the room and flung open a door and stomped out. The guards pushed Getin and Vippo along. They followed him down several passageways, up a staircase, down another, until finally they found themselves in what appeared to be a small study. This small room, Yanis's study... Was dominated mainly by pieces of machinery. Gears, cogs, other strange pieces of equipment were strewn all over. There was a workbench set up along one wall with many tools and implements. Along another wall, a bookshelf, and there was a large bare space in the middle of the floor. So you came all this way and tried to trick me, to swindle me, just into getting these crummy books back for the Collegium? I, you, when you put it like that, said Gent, it, it, it doesn't sound like much, but it is living, uh, to be honest. I suppose whatever you commoners need to do to survive, said Yanis. Let me see if I can find these. Oh, here we are. He pulled out a few texts from the bookshelf and placed them on his desk. I don't know why anybody's so fussed to get these back. Do you even know what these are? Well... No, said Vippo. No, I guess we don't know this time. These, said Yannis, are the 32nd through 37th geological surveys conducted by the Collegium, oh, about a thousand years ago. Uh, what, really? So again, Geological surveys from a thousand years ago? That's what it says right here, says Yannis, pointing at the spines of the books. Now, why on earth would you want something as worthless as this? I couldn't say, said Vippo. We don't write the books. We just get them. And we want these ones back. All right, said Deannis. You can have them back. You can have them back on one condition. And what would that be, said Vipo? Well, said Deannis, grinning. You just got to come and take them. and vippo took a step forward towards the books. Yanis took a step backward. and vippo took another step forward. Yanis reached out with his left hand and pulled a lever on the wall that Gettin-Vippo had not noticed until now. This caused the floor that and vippo were standing on to swing downwards, to open up into some sort of a chute or a passage. They both fell, screaming, plummeting, and were deposited onto a kind of a slide, and spat out a moment later onto the rough stone floor of a pit. It was quite dark. There were several torches illuminating the walls, but they were in a much larger underground space. They could hear Yanis laughing somewhere above them. Ghent picked himself up. He was mostly on top of Vippo. She pushed him over. The two of them climbed to their feet. Who said Gant, has a trap door in their study. That's just ridiculous. I mean, how often do you use something like that anyway? I mean, I doubt this is the laundry room, he said, peering around into the darkness. Shut up a minute, said Vippo. Just be quiet. I think I hear something. She drew her short sword out from its scabbard. There was a sound, a thudding noise, a clanging and above that, a slow, ironic applause, a single set of hands clapping. Above them, somewhere in the gloom, they could see Yanis stepping out onto a balcony. Now we're going to have some fun, he said. Allow me to introduce my, uh, my senior project, my thesis, before your silly collegium kicked me out. "'They weren't ready to handle my genius. "'They couldn't stand the purity of my vision. I, "'What are you talking about, man?' yelled Like, "'Let us out of here.' "'Oh, all in due time,' said Yanis. "'All in due time. "'Come now, my pretty,' he said, "'turning away from Gent and Vippo "'towards the other end of this strange underground pit. "'And there in the darkness, about a hundred yards away,' Gent and Vippo could see something gleaming in the flickering torchlight, something metallic. Standing twice as tall as a man, four times as wide, it started moving forward, gliding almost on clicking, skittering appendages. As it came into the main chamber, Gent and Vippo could see a gigantic spider. But instead of legs, it had sword blades. Its body was a gleaming carpus of steel, under which they could see gears and cogs meshed together, steam boiled out from behind its head. "'What the hell is that?' said Vippo. "'I think he has a giant mechanical murder spider.' "'Behold!' said Yanis. "'Isn't she perfect? Isn't she beautiful? "'Now kill my pretty, kill!' (laughs) The mechanical beast started moving more quickly towards getting Vippo. Uh, what, what do we, what do we do? Said Gent to Vippo. I don't know. It's your turn to come up with a plan. I, damn it! Said Gent. All right, okay. You distracted. I got to think of something. Use your, use your humor powers, said Vippo, or whatever the hell it is you do. She took off running directly towards the mechanical beast. It reared up and raised its two front appendages, giant swords over six feet long, tried to skewer her like a shish kebab. Vippo dodged left and right and left again, and the giant sword spider's limbs skittered across the floor, setting up sparks. Gent sank to his knees and put both hands on the floor. He locked his eyes on the mechanical monstrosity and began chanting to himself, muttering, rocking back and forth, Vippo glanced back over her shoulder. I sure hope he knows what he's doing right now. She dodged underneath the beast and lashed out with her sword. It clashed into its underbelly, caught in the gears and cogs, bounced off. More sparks were thrown up. The spider tried to turn laboriously, pivoting around. Vippo desperately trying to stay underneath it, swinging her sword, trying to do any kind of damage, but just having it bounce off again and again and again. She realized she wasn't getting anywhere, and the thing was trying to lower its abdomen down to crush her. She rolled out behind the beast, and as its body touched the floor, none too gently, trying to crush her beneath it, she was able to jump up onto its back. Meanwhile, Ghent was furiously, desperately, trying to remember the rogations, the invocations, the necessary words and clauses necessary to communicate with metal itself. Metal, Ghent reminded himself, was made of equal parts earth and fire. So, for a metal monstrosity like this, he was able to manipulate its substance to weaken it or melt it or strengthen it to do something. And Ghent realized, of course, he was underground. He was surrounded by rocks, by dirt. Ghent reached down into it, wrapped his fingers around that humoral form. Ghent tried to increase the concentration of earth humors, decrease the amount of fire within that metal. That should serve to make it more brittle, more pliable, more like soil, dust, mud, something like that. Vippo, meanwhile, was perched on the back of the machine, stabbing at it. The back had a solid steel carapace, almost like the back of a cockroach. She clambered forward on it, almost losing her grip, almost sliding off. The machine beast was trying to buck her to throw her to the floor. Its abdomen was pitching and bucking wildly, but Vippo hung on and clawed her way forward towards its head. There was a seam between the neck. And the abdomen, and here she plunged her sword again and again, striking gears and strange tubes. She severed one, sending a gout of steam hurling towards the ceiling, and above her she could hear Yanis Mateo cackling madly to himself. Meanwhile, Ghent was finally establishing a connection between himself and the material, the metal, the steel, the iron, everything that this mechanical creature was constructed out of and he was connecting that to the earth the dirt the soil the rocks all around them and he was trying to shift those humors he could feel it working but slowly far too slowly at this rate given hours perhaps days he could turn that metal into something soft pliable but by that point they would surely be dead the spider was bucking wildly and vipa was hanging onto its neck with both hands now her sword uselessly protruding from the gaps between its armor plating. So Ghent focused all of his energy on one of the spider's limbs. And at that moment, the spider reared back wildly on its rear legs, the front legs trying to claw Vippo off its back. However, it was overbalanced, and it pitched forward again, slamming back onto those front legs. And miraculously, one of them snapped. A sharpened, blade-like piece of metal was flung across the room. Ghent dashed towards it and grabbed it. Now that he had something that was once attached to the spider, it would be that much easier to influence the humors that made it up. Ghent looked wildly around the room. On the wall, several torches were still guttering and spluttering. He dashed towards one. As he ran, he muttered the rogations that would increase the connections between the shard of metal in his hand and the beast that it just came from. He reached the torch, wrapped his cloak around his hand as best he could, and thrust the piece of metal into the flame. He closed his eyes and focused on increasing that connection. A moment ago, he had been increasing the earth humors in this mechanical spider. Now, into the metal, he increased the humoral concentration of fire as fast as he possibly could, drawing it directly from the flames from the torch Vippo, clinging onto the back of the spider, found it growing warm beneath her hands, the whole thing heating up seemingly from the inside. The spider paused, stopped trying to throw her off. It slowed and turned towards Ghent. Vippo tried to shout a warning, but Ghent had his eyes closed. His mouth was moving quickly. It didn't seem that he heard her. So Vippo stabbed again and again into the creature's neck, and still, with no effect, and now it was growing too hot for her to hold on to. The surface of the spider was glowing red almost, starting to blister her hands and her knees where she was touching it. So she leaped off, diving forward. She hit the hard ground and rolled, taking all the skin off of the palms of her hands. And she turned towards the spider. Come on, get me, you son of a bitch, she yelled. She rushed forward, striking at it with her short sword. Her sword bounced, Off of it still, sparking, but now she could see that there was dents forming in the metal as she struck it. The spider turned again slowly and regarded her. Ghent, meanwhile, was realizing he had a problem. There were simply not enough fire humors in the immediate environment. The torch that he would thrust the shard of metal into was guttering out. It was dying. So he laced rogations through the other torches in the room, tying all of the flames together, directing all of those humors into the shard of metal in his hands, and then from there into the mechanical spider. It was working, yes, he could see it heating, starting to melt to congeal, but still too slowly. It was wheeling now around towards Vippo, he could see. But unless he could do something in the next couple of minutes, she would be dead and him soon after. So he called upon the only readily available source of fire humors in the room that he could, the humors within his own body. Drawing those humors out from, from himself, Gent began to shiver, to shake violently, to begin almost to black out. He hoped it would be enough. And with a few final words, he forced those humors from himself into that shard of metal in his hands and Ghent could feel himself growing pale and drawn and cold, as if the volume of blood in his veins was decreasing, as if he was bleeding out. Vippo was striking frantically at it as it backed her into a corner. She noticed it was moving slower and slower, but still advancing inexorably, no matter how many devastating blows she rained down upon its head, its legs, anything that got close enough to her. And just as she... Felt her back press against the wall and one of his bladed appendages rise up to strike her. It collapsed in a deafening clang of metal and gears. She looked over at Gent and saw him collapse at almost the same moment onto the floor. Gent! she yelled and sprinted towards him. Behind her, the giant mechanical spider twitched and then stopped moving. Ghent was also looking unnaturally still. His cheeks were even more drawn than usual. He was pale. His lips were blue. She dragged him into a sitting position and slapped his face. Come on now, come on, she said. Stay with me. You're not allowed to die on me here. Not like this. Not right now. I need you, you stupid bookworm. Come on, wake up. And she shook him Gent and sat up, choking. <laughs> what I, What are you doing? Oh, God. I was trying to help you, you moron, said Vippo, standing up. Excuse me, said a voice from above them, getting Vippo looked up. What, said Vippo. That was amazing, said Giannis Mateo. Uh, really? said Gent. Yeah, oh, you guys are incredible. She was all, like, clang-clang with her sword and stab-stab, and you were all, like, with the humors. That was nuts. That is exactly what I built this thing for. Uh, said Ghent. What? Well, you're welcome, said Vippo. You little bastard. Why don't you come down here and fight us yourself next time? No, 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 said Yanis Mateo, laughing. No, 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 no. You two are an inspiration. It makes me want to go back to school and finish my studies so I can build something even better next time. Uh, great, said Gent. That's super. Glad to, like, you know. Um, Yeah, stay in school, kid, for sure. You two can have these stupid books. I didn't even want them. This is the most fun I've had since I left the Spire. Two days later, Ghent and Vippo burst into the Provost Relic's office in the Collegium in the Spire. They were dirty, cut up, bruised, and it looks like Vippo had been badly burned in several places. Gent slammed a stack of books down on the Provost's desk. I, here, here, take these, Damn it, Just take them and, 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 ugh. Well, it's good to see you too, said the Provost, looking at the stack of books. That didn't seem to take you very long at all. How did it go with uh, young Yanis Mateo? You know, said Vippo, I really don't want to talk about it. That goes for me, too, said Gent. Well, that was just terrible. Really? It seems like you've uh, come through a relatively unscathed. I hope you gave my regards to uh, the young nobleman. No, we didn't, said Vippo. Now, take your stupid books. I gotta go take a bath. Very well, said the provost, grinning at them. But come back soon. I've got another job for you. Nothing, said Gent. Nothing could be as difficult as what we just did. Next time on Spire. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Spire. If you've been enjoying the podcast, you can follow us on our Twitter feed for teasers, trailers, and so much more. Our Twitter handle is Spire underscore podcast. I also want to take this opportunity to thank some of the kind folks who have reviewed us on iTunes. We love getting reviews on iTunes, and I want to take this moment especially to thank uh iTunes user by the name of K-State Fan who wrote us a really sweet review um, back in September been meaning to say thank you to him for a while now also I want to thank another iTunes user Red R-E-D-S-Y-H-E-R uh, who wrote us a great review back in October as well thank you so much um, for the rest of y'all if you want to write us a review we will thank you on the podcast for sure I also want to plug our subreddit, which is r slash It's got all of our original artwork by Elizabeth Early and a lot of other great stuff. Uh, and on the subreddit, if you ask us questions, we would like to answer them in a future uh, mini episode where we directly answer questions from our audience. So please hashtag join the conversation, hashtag Spire, etc. Thank you again for listening. I'm Aaron. And uh, that's all I got. Spire is performed by Aaron Goldbeck, produced and directed by Mark Holsher. Music by Kevin McLeod, and artwork by Elizabeth Early.